understand from what uh, Glenn shared this morning that he was sharing about some of the plans we have. And I just want to reiterate, and will reiterate at the church family gathering, that I really believe that the Thursday night school of ministry is for everybody. I would like eventually the whole church to go through it. Because I, I think that, personally from my, from my observation the last three years, a 30-minute Sunday morning preach is not enough to build a community on. It's just not enough. It's not enough to build anything of consequence and depth in the life of believers. It may be entertaining, depends on who speaks. It may be something that we like, or that was a good message. But it's actually not going to build. It's a blessing, but it's not going to build. And there's a big difference in ministry between blessing and building. And I really believe that God wants us to build something quite strongly in our strong in our community Amen. in Keithley I really believe that and wider still yeah. and um, <clears throat> I don't think we can do that without the Holy Spirit nope. now I know many of you have been told over the years well you have the Holy Spirit you don't need any more Holy Spirit but I want to tell you we need all the Holy Spirit we can get Amen. we need so much more Holy Spirit more Holy Spirit that we can actually comprehend right now we need more of the Holy Spirit we need a Holy Spirit to so impact our lives that we, as a body of believers, become an ex- living expression of Jesus yeah, that's right. and do what Jesus did. Until that happens, you haven't got the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit will come when you and I are hunger, hungry and thirsty for the Holy Spirit more and more. And the other thing that I know we've been told over the years is that we have the presence of God. But there's a presence of God that resides within, and there's a presence of God that comes amongst when we meet together. When we worship and we praise and we there's a hunger, there's an expectation in the atmosphere, and we worship together, it's like God inhabits that praise. And God can do amazing things. You know what I'm talking about. You've already, some of you have experienced even physical sensations of God's presence at certain times, even in the times we've had in, in our services. And I really believe that, that if we have a mindset that we've got it all, we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got the presence of God fully, it brings us into a false sense of security that we've got it all and we don't need to do anything. We're just a, a wonderfully, wonderfully perfect now. But the problem with that, when our lives hit a load of rubbish, we then have a situation where, well, I thought I was perfect. I thought I'd never make that mistake. Well, how do I deal with this situation? The answer is still the Holy Spirit. The answer is still allowing him to help. And I want, I want to share a few things, and then we're going to just, I, I believe we're going to encounter the Holy Spirit more and more. And uh, I, I really... I know this weekend has always been much more of a social time, and I love that. It's been a great day. But I think as part of that, God is in the midst of all we're doing. Thank God he's with us when we're abseiling. Amen. (laughs) He was with us in whatever he was doing. There was a few more angels holding me up. Anyway. (laughs) You know, he was with us, wasn't he? In everything we do, he's with us. But God, there's times when... Just celebration times like this, we can come together and really encounter him. I believe some people are going to receive prophetic words tonight. It's going to change their life the next five years. I believe some people are going to encounter God in a way that they've never encountered God before. But it depends on expectation. I want to, in the next 20 minutes, to build your expectation to receive from him and what that means. 
I love this passage in Acts chapter 2. It's one of my favourite passages in the scripture. I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one accord and in one place. I mean, that is a miracle in itself, isn't it? All together in the same place and all together in one accord. So there was about 120 uh, of these people. Jesus actually appeared to over 500 people after his resurrection. Yeah. Only 120 were in the upper room. But they, 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 they'd got to a place where they, one particular day, they're all there together. Wouldn't it be amazing if the church that we meet together, one particular day, we're all there together. Yes. <laughs> it would be great, wouldn't it? Awesome. And, when, and when they were all there together, it says they got in one accord. I find that kind of amazing. You know, the Holy Spirit was already working on them, even before the day of Pentecost. Jesus had breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So all this was taking place already. But there was something more powerful, a more powerful experience to come. And then actually again in Acts 4 and various times in the, new, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit would come again and again and again for specific assignments and specific tasks. So he constantly was wanting to work with the church in a powerful way. And it says they were all in one accord. One accord means they were all in harmony. They all agreed that what they wanted more than anything else was the Holy Spirit. They missed Jesus. And Jesus had promised that when the Holy Spirit comes, it's actually better than me being with you. So they were actually looking forward to the Holy Spirit coming. They didn't have lots of theological reasons why, well, Jesus breathed on us. We've already received the Holy Spirit. Let's do something else. No, they they still had a hunger to receive the Holy Spirit. And they had a hunger to receive power when the holy spirit had come on them they were hanging on to the word of jesus remember jesus said to them let's turn there in luke chapter 24 i just want to pull out a few things from here luke 24 jesus promised them when they met together and waited that the holy spirit would come and luke chapter 24 i want to read what jesus said to them Verse 45, so Luke chapter 24, verse 45. It would be really good if you could see this, if you can see a Bible near you, but it's really important we can just focus on this for a moment. So Luke chapter 24, verse 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Wow, that's powerful. Then he said to them, it is written... It was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are the witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So we find out from the scripture, Jesus' own words... That the Holy Spirit was the promise of the Father. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now in our generation. Every time we receive from him. I believe the Father's blessed as we receive from the Holy Spirit. It says here as well. Very very clearly. That our mission. Is to speak repentance. And remission of sins. To all nations. Beginning where, the, where, the, where we are. Which our Jerusalem is Keithley. Amen. So where we are, we start by preaching this repentance and remission of sins. Repentance means this. Our message is, change the way you think. 
You're not unworthy, you're worthy. That's right. Change the way you think. You're not hated, you're loved. Mm. You don't have to live in fear, you can live in faith. So that's our message. The other message is, oh, and by the way, everything you've ever done wrong has been wiped away. <coughs> that's a great message, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. See, that message is so powerful, but that message was going to be marinated and completely and utterly baptised in the Holy Spirit to make it powerful. And what we've done for 2,000 years is make that message nothing like what Jesus said here. We've said all sorts of things to people apart from your sins are wiped away. We've said all sorts of things to people apart from change the way you think because you're not unworthy, you're worthy now. We've said all sorts of stuff. And I believe we've said all that stuff because we've not actually been ministering to people out of the Holy Spirit. We've been ministering to people out of religion. And I believe the more we receive the Holy Spirit and the dynamic life of the Holy Spirit, the more what we do will be out of that life and not out of death or out of dead religion. In John chapter 16, it's amazing what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And I want us to just turn there briefly. I know I'm using a little bit of scripture tonight, but you know we are Christians, so we can look at the Bible occasionally. Is that okay? So John chapter 16... John chapter 16. And I want to read from verse 7. This is Jesus speaking again. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't, not, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. If I depart, he, I will send him to you. When he comes... He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. There you are, Jeff. It's all about convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, let's listen on. He says this. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. So the only sin the Holy Spirit is there to, to convict people of is the sin of not believing in Jesus. And we have bashed the Bible over their heads with all sorts of sins that they're committing in the church and outside of the church. But if we just teach faith in Jesus and Jesus' finished work, then Christians and non-Christians, well, Christians are going to become alive and non-Christians are going to become Christians. Yes. It's kind of simple, really, isn't it? Yep. And it says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no longer. So to the world, there's a message of conviction of the sin of not believing in Jesus. To those that were his disciples, there's a message that the Holy Spirit brings, convicting them of righteousness. What does that mean? convicting them of their right standing with God. The Holy Spirit comes to convict you and I of the wonderful identity we have in Christ. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and the other thing the Holy Spirit comes to do is proclaim judgment from the throne of God on one entity in the whole of the universe, and his name is Satan. It says, because the prince of this world is condemned. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to condemn Christians or non-Christians, he comes to just judge and condemn the devil. And we condemn the devil every time we render what he does useless. And we can't render what he does useless without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks every yoke. So the more we receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the more, what does anointing mean? It's not a religious word. It means to be rubbed in with the power of God. The more we receive him from God. Well, Jeff, how do you receive from God? Jesus put it this way, very simply. Ask, and you will receive. 
ask and you will receive. Is there a hunger to receive more of the Holy Spirit? I'm so hungry to receive more of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thirsty for more. I don't want to go into any situation facing any devil and feel or think that I'm not powerful enough to deal with it. It's okay having authority, but we need a power to back up the authority, don't we? So, for example, you have a policeman who's in the middle of the road and there's a, a... Somebody with road rage, somebody with an aggressive driver, and he stands in the middle of the road and says, stop. That policeman has the authority to stop that car, doesn't he? But that car can still run over the policeman, even though he's got authority. Now, you take that policeman and you put him in a Sherman tank. And then you put him on the road, and then he puts his hand up. That car is going to stop, and if it doesn't stop, it's going to get tanked. (laughs) And that, I believe, is what God is saying to us, that he wants us not to just know we have authority and pray with authority, but know behind the authority there's a power to back it up. Have you noticed one thing it says about the Holy Spirit? We read it in verse 7 of John 16. It says that the Holy Spirit will be a helper. He'll be a helper. And I don't know about you, but more and more in my deep prayer life and intercession, I'm saying God help a lot on a lot of stuff. And it it seems like, you know, that's all the kind of prayer I'm praying. Oh, God, please help. Please help in this situation. Please help. I believe he answers, though. He's the helper. You know, we've been here three years. Not in the Lake District, obviously, in Yorkshire. Three years. I feel that today. Three years we've been here. We've been here three years in, in Yorkshire as a family. And God spoke to me uh, the weekend that Lalith and Naranthi were here. He spoke to me, and it wasn't a direct word through them. It was just during their ministry. You know when somebody's ministering the word, if you're open to what they're saying, even though you don't understand everything maybe, God can still speak the revelation into your heart in that moment. Because it's an atmosphere charged with God. So God can still speak to you if you're bothered. He can, yeah. All right? So, so God wants to speak to us. But God spoke to me really strongly. And he said, son, I'm drawing a line. And I'm saying the, 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 there's an end to transition in this church now. It's been three years. There's an end to transition. No more transition. You're moving forward in what I've put in your heart to do. No more transition. That's it now. So I thought, okay, Lord, praise God. And I, I really believe that, that it was a significant moment for me. And my, all my prayer and my focus on my faith is not how we're going to get through this transition. Because three years is a blooming long transition. Mm. Not how we're going to get through this transition, but now how we're going to move forward as a congregation, as a people. Mm. That's where the focus is. And I believe there's a new power for the new season, and there's a new uh, resource in the Holy Spirit to get the job done. Amen? So I just want to pick up this word in closing. Helper. He will be a helper. You know, this word is a powerful word in the scripture. It isn't talking about somebody who is, you know, just a nice little bit of help when you need him or her. That word helper is is a similar word in the Greek to when you rewind right the way through the Old Testament to Genesis. And God says to Adam, I will make a helpmate suitable for you. And the word helpmate there... And the word helper there is not wife. The word helpmate there is warrior. Warrior. So husbands, you, you should hopefully see your wives differently from this moment. Warrior. 
So I will make a warrior suitable for you. I will make a warrior suitable for you to fight your battles. That's the Holy Spirit. How many battles have we fought on our own through our own ingenuity in life instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to fight for us? Yeah. Doesn't it say the battle is the Lord's? Yeah. The victory is ours, but the battle is the Lord's. And as we allow the Holy Spirit, but we've already got the Holy Spirit, but brother, we haven't got the Holy Spirit to the fullness that God wants us to have him because we will be just like Jesus. So as we allow the Holy Spirit to work on us, the warrior from heaven, the Holy Spirit, who's now on the earth, will come alongside us and will fight our battles. One of the words to describe helper is defense, advocate, standby. Powerful, powerful word. Another word we get from helper here is the word virtue. Remember when the, the lady with the issue of blood, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, he knew that virtue flowed out of him. The word there is power or force. You know, the force be with you. We've said that before. This is a powerful word. And with this in mind, just go with me to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs, I'm going to finish in this scripture. Proverbs chapter 31. Thanks, Lord. scripture is talking about a virtuous woman and uh, the word virtue there is powerful it's not you know some kind of fuddy-duddy righteous fuddy-duddy the word virtuous is powerful okay so let's let's listen to what god says here verse 10 of chapter 31 who can find a powerful woman for her worth is far beyond treasures the heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not evil, all the days of her life. Go to verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue, listen to this, on her tongue is the law of kindness. What a powerful statement. I believe this is a picture of the Holy Spirit, but I also believe it's a picture of how the Holy Spirit wants to transform us as a body, as a bride. I want us to get to a stage, personally I want to get to the stage, but also for us, where our, our husband, Jesus, trusts <coughs> us with stuff, with secret stuff. The Bible says... But the secret things belong to the Lord. Those things he's chosen to reveal belong to us and our children forever. It also says that God shares his secrets with his friends. Yeah, that's it. And God wants such an intimacy. This receiving the Holy Spirit is not, oh, I'll get tongue up and I'll go out. No, it's a, it's a relationship. So as we receive more and more of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, the Holy Spirit, the warrior of God, the Holy Spirit, wants to transform us into the same image as the church. So that our bridegroom, our husband, Jesus, can trust us with his secrets. That's another realm of the prophetic. So God can, Jesus can trust you with secrets that can unlock people's hearts. And bring them to Jesus. But he can trust you with it. 
This is what we're supposed to be about. And it says that this virtuous woman, this powerful woman, the only principle she lives by is kindness. That's powerful. You see, kindness, compassion, releases power. So many times it said in Jesus' ministry, he moved in compassion and he healed the sick. It was kindness that released the power. So you may receive more power, but until you receive the person and the principle of the Holy Spirit, until you receive kindness, that power ain't going to be released. Because you can't be trusted with it. I can't be trusted with it. But as we receive more and more of his kindness and become more and more the bride that Christ is looking for, we can, we can see great and amazing things happen in our generation. I want to close by just saying to you that I really believe that transition is over for this church. I really believe that God wants us to move forward into a new season. You know there will be great challenges in the new season. You know when the people of Israel moved over the Jordan into the promised land, it wasn't the bed of roses. They, they met at Jericho straight away. But they listened to the Lord, they had an intimate walk with him, and things changed and changed and got better. And they took the promised land, didn't they? And I really believe that there may be challenges ahead. But if we can make a decision, simply this, to be more hungry for the Holy Spirit, it could be one of the best decisions we ever make in life. Because it'll change the way we relate to others. It'll change the way we see others. It'll change the way we relate to leadership. It'll change the way we relate as a church family. And actually make us so much more peaceful and restful on the inside, but so much more passionate on the outside. One of the greatest statements in the New Testament is, fix your eyes on Jesus, this is Hebrews 12, and run with patience. It doesn't make any sense. How do you run with patience? Yeah, I'm running, I can't be patient. <laughs> but a lot of things that don't make sense to the natural mind, but what, what Jesus is saying, he's saying this. When you fix your eyes on the one who is complete love, complete power, complete patience, complete joy, complete every wonderful thing you can imagine, as you receive more from him, you will be passionate on the outside in running, but on the inside there will be a consistency of life. Patience means consistency. There will be a consistency of life that is attractive to the Holy Spirit, attractive to the angelic, and attractive to the world beyond you just being passionate. And I really believe that God, for some of you, I believe there's some people in this room who are not sure whether they even believe in God because of stuff that's happened to them or because of where they are right now. But I really really want to say this to you. The Holy Spirit is in your face tonight, smiling on you, wants to love you, wants to envelop you with his presence, wants to remove those thoughts that separate your experience from experiencing him. And he wants to make a brand new start on the inside of you. Some of you are saying, well, you know, we run out, we run out of race in our generation and we'll, we'll, we'll just support the next generation. But you know, Caleb, he supported the next generation, but he also took some mountains. And I believe no matter what age you are in this community, in this church, there are mountains still to be taken. There's, there's promised land still to be enjoyed. And I really believe it's time that we did it together. I want a church from the oldest to the youngest, we are at home in the supernatural. I want a church 
From the oldest to the youngest, there's no cynicism, but there's complete childlike faith and passion for Jesus. It, that, because that is not a hallmark of the kingdom of God, cynicism. cynicism. It's a hallmark of a heart that needs healing. And we can cover it up with fine sounding language, even a bit of theology. But actually, it just portrays that there's a heart that desperately needs healing. And cynicism is a, oh, it's a normal one. I really believe that so many of you long to see greater and greater things. And I believe God is saying, I want to do it through you, not just for you to watch somebody else do it. I want to do it through you. Would you stand with me, please?